everything rises and falls on leadership. Ultimately, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah. If there's something going on with a member of my organization, if there's somebody that's not cutting it, well, maybe it's because I allowed it. Maybe it's yeah. because I permitted it. And I know that, that that carries a lot of weight, like, you know, just always pass the blame up, mm-hmm. right, to say everything rises and falls on leadership because – a lot of times there's things that happen outside of our control yeah. as leaders, like, you know, on your team and, you know, in our family and different things like that. But even when things happen that are outside of our control, we can still control our response to it. I'm Rhett. And I'm Brandon. And, and we're, we're the house dads because we're dads who sell houses. But we're also husbands, business owners, sports freaks, Christians, friends, marketing nerds, TV show bingers, and so many more things. Like so many of you, we're just trying to do it all. And we're trying to do it well. And that's what we're here to talk about. What is up, everybody? Everybody listening, everybody watching, welcome to the 12th episode One, two. of House Dads. Come on, man. We made House it. House Dads. Uh, before we get started, you guys, we... Um, we need to have a little family meeting. Yes. You know, as house dads, we have to do, we do have to kind of gather the the family together and have meetings about serious things. And we do have a, a request of everyone listening and watching. Yes. We'd like you to leave us a review, please. You can go on Spotify. You can go on Apple. Um, and I don't think YouTube has ratings. I don't know. You Boomer can maybe tennis. type a comment yeah, or something. Yeah, you could say good job. But either way, getting us some reviews helps us grow. It helps the... Uh, I don't know. They have algorithms to, to boost us up a little more. Right. Uh, it also makes us feel a little better. Yeah, it does. Know? It strokes our ego a little bit. Yeah. Five, uh, five stars we, is good, but, you know. We just looked at it before. We're like, oh, somebody did it. Yeah, we a actually had some. Did it, so. We had some, so that was good. Thank we, you for those that have left it. We definitely appreciate those who have done it, but please, 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 just, you know, yeah. tap them stars. It's a quick tap. You, you can leave a little description if you want to as well, but that would mean uh, the world to us. For sure. Sure. Uh, but yes, getting into it, episode 12, we have a, a good topic for you. I mean, we always think we got a good topic, but right. t- today we do. We're talking about extreme ownership, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the title, Everything Rises and Falls on Leadership, but but focusing on extreme ownership. Right, right. Um, so I'm excited to hear about it. Me too. I'm excited to talk to you guys about it, talk about, talk about it with Red. I think that this comes from a book that a lot of people, it is yeah. a super, super popular leadership book. Um, and so we're going to dive into it here in a little bit, but, um, you know, I was thinking about this going into it. I had a couple friends say that, Hey, I, I've been listening. Um, you know, but some of it they miss because they like, I don't, I'm not like in leadership at my company or anything right. like that. If you think about it in its simplest form, what is leadership? It's influence. Yeah. And so you have some kind of influence, whether you think you do or you don't. Right. So you don't have to be a boss. You don't have to be, you know, at the top of your organization to get anything out of a leadership talk. Right. right? Yeah. We're at the very least leading our own lives, leading our families, all those different things. So Mm -hmm. I hope that when we talk about extreme ownership of your life and in leading an organization or leading a team or leading whatever you're leading, that you this doesn't miss you because you think, oh, well, I haven't hit that boss level. No, no. This is applicable to many, many different stages, many different statuses, whatever. That's right. Now, and with that same thing, whatever place or position you're at in your organization, it's really easy to point the finger at others oh, yeah. when things aren't going oh, well. Oh, yeah. It's their fault. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then we do that what naturally. Like, 
you know, it's so easy right now to point fingers at people in the government. It's so easy <laughs> to point fingers at people in your organization or even in your family or, or, or your workplace, whatever it is. Um, and I was thinking about like just one of the funniest times that I remember, like just silly passing the blame to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spider-Man meme where everybody's pointing at oh, each yeah. other and three like, of them just pointing yeah, at each exactly. other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> our senior year of high school going way back, uh, cause we're getting old, but yep. we were playing Catholic in the first round of the playoffs and, uh, I'll never forget like our defense, man, we were tight. Like we would spend so much time with each other, not just at football practice, but like we Daily did everything life. together. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we were down um, in, in the first round of the playoffs against Catholic. It was the second time we played them that year, and, and we were down, and, and it looked like kind of a unsurmountable lead that they had. And, and so everybody was just mad. <laughs> everybody was just mad. We weren't doing well and everything. And I remember coming to the huddle to call the play. And call the play? Were you quarterback? No. Okay. Linebacker. Okay. And so cool. I called the plays on defense. Gotcha. I got the play from Coach Carroll, called the play, and I had to break up the bickering between all of the people. And we yeah. were everybody, like cornerbacks pointing at the defensive line, defensive line pointing at safety, safety's pointing at me. I'm po- pointing at Coach Carroll, like, get the play in quicker. Like, it was just this everybody pointing the blame because we were frustrated because we weren't doing well. Right. And so it's a silly example, but, no. you know, like in football sports, all those years ago, yeah, sports. Emotions are running high when you think you maybe have done something wrong and you want to cast it on somebody else. Exactly. And, and so – that was the first thing that came to my mind. But, I mean, we tend to do it maybe less vocally and less, like, really pointing the finger like yeah. we did. But we do it behind the scenes a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Organizations and our families and things yeah. like that. Especially, I mean, being in real estate, when something goes wrong with a deal, we want to have a good oh, image yeah. with our clients, right? Yeah. And uh, there's times where, yes, it pro- probably is somebody else's fault. Right. And we could say, look, the lender didn't do a good job or the other agent did this. And I think as we talk more about this, we'll see, hey, is that really the best thing to exactly. to point the fingers at somebody else? That's right. So many of you have probably listened to the book Extreme Ownership, and it's ex- Extreme Ownership, How Navy Seals Lead and Win. And it's Jocko Willing and Leif Babin, and they discuss these they discuss these uh, essential leadership lessons. And it's one of the few books I'll tell you that I read and then listen to after. <laughs> yeah, you you almost have to listen to it. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's it, that's one of the books that I've first started listening to audiobooks with and I'm so glad it was that book. Right. And I'm not a big like military yeah. type guy. I mean, I love the military. That was <laughs> support the truth. Support the truth. No, more so like just the the yeah, rough, yeah. tough mentality. Sure. When I see like a, a military book, I'm, I'm not the most excited yeah. to pick it up. Sure. But this one had so many different elements of yep. business and uh, you know examples of them being on the battlefield. Exactly. Yeah, Jocko tells these stories so well. Yeah, and they're so intense and they're so high pressure. That like when you listen to them, you feel like you're there. And yeah. so it's definitely worth listening to, worth sure. reading. And, and that's why, honestly, it was hard for me in, in thinking about my family who served and is serving. It's hard for me to make the stretch for some of these principles, mm-hmm. like when they're teaching life and death situations that are super, super serious, and then equate them to a real estate transaction. Yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> or to, different. Or to equate them to parenting. Yeah. But the leadership lessons that they teach is absolutely applicable and really, really, really good to implement. Yeah. So, And that's why there's so many, I feel like, military books because right. the, the principles that they are going through, that they're learning, that they're instilling in their lives, they're so applicable. Yes, they're at the extremely high level, right. but they're so applicable to just everyday life. That's it's, right. It's crazy. Yeah. And so the main premise of extreme ownership and what we're going to be talking about today is taking absolute responsibility for everything that impacts you or your team <laughs> and your team's mission. 
And so that includes the challenges, the successes, the failures, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. By really taking on that extreme ownership, I think what it is is that's the start. That's like the, that, that's the, the catalyst to actually being able to solve problems right. and stop pointing the finger at everybody else. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Everything rises and falls on leadership. That's Everything. what I believe. And I look at the different organizations and, and, and teams and, and, and my family and, and ministry and all these different things I look at and I say, okay, I think everything rises and falls on leadership. Ultimately, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah. If there's something going on with a member of my organization, if there's somebody that's not cutting it, well, maybe it's because I allowed it. Maybe it's yeah. because I permitted it. Maybe, And we're going to dive into a little bit more about that. But, And, and I know that, that that carries a lot of weight. Like, you know, just always pass the blame up, mm -hmm. right? To say everything rises and falls on leadership because a lot of times there's things that happen outside of our control yeah. as leaders, like, you know, on your team and, you know, in our family and different things like that. But even when things happen that are outside of our control, we can still control our response to it. Right. And we have to ask ourselves, even when, the, the, even when these things do happen, was it preventable? Was there anything else that we could have done to yeah. change it in the first place. Yeah, you got to peel back the layers. You yes. don't want to just look at the surface of the problem and, you know, the person bringing it to you, you think they're the one that did it. But, yeah, you got to peel back some layers right. and see, all right, what's the root? Where could we have prevented this? Right. And the, I guess the premise of this is it peel back enough layers, it always falls It always on. goes back to the leader. Like, what could the leader. leader have done differently to change yeah. this? How could we have reacted? How could we have responded differently? And um, just before we dive into the specific ways that a leader would make sure that everybody grabs a hold of extreme ownership. I mentioned this lead. I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, saying that leadership is just influence. So no matter what part of the organization that you're in, you have influence. But the question that I had to ask myself not too long ago, when you know I didn't own my brokerage and things like that, is how do you lead up, right? Like when you are not the the top of the totem pole, when right. you're not the end all be all and the decision maker in your organization or or whatever you're a part of, how do you lead when you're not in charge? Um, you know, I think the interesting thing is a lot of times we say, oh, well, when I'm in charge or when I'm the boss yeah. or when I'm this, then we'll start implementing and doing things differently. But a lot of times if you don't lead in the middle, you never actually get to the yeah. top. Yeah. And I guess like you hear the term leader and you think, you automatically think there's just one. Right. Right. But right. no, you're a leader. Like you're, you're going to be a group of leaders, a whole brokerage, a whole team. They're exactly. all leaders in right. some sort of way. It's not just uh Somebody up here sitting yeah. on their throne in their fancy desk chair. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So just practically speaking, I, I put a few things down here that Jocko talks about in his book about how do you lead from when you're in the middle. And one of the things is that you are in charge of something. So whatever you're in charge of, take charge of it. Yeah. That's the, that's the simplest thing about extreme ownership is that even if you feel like your task is mundane, even if you feel like what you're in charge of is not as important, Take charge of it. Take ownership yeah. of it, right? And then when you do your task, whatever you're in charge of, and you do it well, then when you know that you've completed that and you've done it to the best of your ability and you've absolutely taken charge of it, then reach out and look to help other help other people. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to one of the earlier episodes of finding passion in your work. Right. That was one of the things that helps you You know, in the middle of your mundane task or whatever you're doing at work, You that's how you... You grow in it. Right. That's how you, it leads you to find other passions. And, uh, but yeah, taking ownership of it and just taking charge and yeah. then reaching out to other people is, that's right. a leader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what leaders do. And now I'll tell you this this is something, and, uh, you know, I think of it, I always kind of go back to like a sports example and, and look at like different, uh, 
times when like ch- coaches challenge their players and things like that, and yep. they're looking for a player to step up. I think when you're kind of in that middle management role, or when you're not leading from the top, you're leading from the middle. You do have to pick the places that you implement your leadership strategically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like when there's just a little hole in leadership, mm. and you just try and blast in there and say, "Oh, yeah. well, I'm going to lead her," then you're bumping elbows and bumping shoulders with people that probably are like. Back off, dude. Yeah, and it's a little bit of self-awareness, too, of knowing some people are led in different ways or exactly. feel feel empowered and, like, uplifted in certain different ways than others. Exactly. So pick your spots wisely when you choose to step up in leadership. Yeah. When there is a leadership void, right, and when somebody actually needs you to step up, then it's going to be pretty plainly obvious. Then that's your time to step up. Right. That's your time to go above and beyond and to help other people. But, you know, it's easy to take – it's easier to take ownership when you're the titled in the positioned leader, but the key to being a good leader is passing down that ownership to the other parts of your organization. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so that's what we're going to talk about. It's, it's a couple different points here today of how do you lead a team to actually take ownership in what they're doing. And the first thing is this, is that leaders must have a resolute belief in the team's mission. You can't give somebody else what you don't possess. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're trying to cast a vision that you don't have, you cast in nothing. <laughs> There's no vision. Yeah. Right. So you have to have a vision of the team's mission to actually be able to simply, and we're going to get, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. you actually have to really have, uh, you have to have a clear mission that you can communicate to others. And then you have to have a deep, resolute belief in it so that it permeates in everything that you're doing. It's funny, we uh, we had a little team come to Jesus meeting yesterday, right. and uh, a big chunk of it was, you know, we have core values for our team. Right. And I, I kind of asked the team, like, hey, do you guys know what our core values are? And, you know, some people said, I, I think one's this or one's that, and I, we have a printed out sheet, and some of them pulled it out. And I said, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but sure. this is my fault for not expressing our right. core values to you. Yes, I, ch- I told you one day on a vision day right. just to have some core values, but no, like our team now needs to be, we need to, we need to add and take away team members, admin based on our core values. That's and right. it's now I'm stepping up to make sure you guys know what they are. That's right. <laughs> you got to know what they are to go by them, you know? That's right. That's a great point. And, and I'm glad that that just happened because it's so true that it's easy as a leader to say, y'all don't know the core values. Yeah. It's like, well, but man, we kind of haphazardly mentioned it one time at a yeah, meeting. Yeah, I gave you a sheet of paper. Exactly. You didn't keep like, it and study it. You're supposed it. to memorize it and put it on your <laughs> yeah. bed, put it by your bed every night. But no, it's it would be our fault. That's yeah. what taking extreme ownership is, is that we have to have a resolute belief in the team's mission. And then we got to make sure that we communicate it. Yep. And that leads to the second thing, and this is so pivotal, is that after we have that resolute belief in the team's mission, is that we have to put our ego and our personal motivations aside. Yeah. Right? Our ego and personal motivations have to be subordinate. They have to be secondary to the mission itself. For sure. Right? If the mission of the team is all about the leader, then the team's going to fail. Yeah. And the leader thinks that they may win. No, 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 no. no, no. The leader don't win if the team doesn't win. So as a leader, it's our job to ensure that the mission gets done, not to worry about how people perceive our work. Right. Or not to worry about how easy it's going to be for us. Yeah. Because it's usually not. One little tweak that I've made that I, I think makes a big difference is like when I started a team, going from solo agent to team, right. I changed my verbiage from me and I to we and we. our. Like yeah, if good. I if I get a new listing, if it's my listing, I still say we, we just got a new yes. listing and just little things like that. And it gives other people, you know, they, they see that you're putting your you're you're seeing it as a team. I like that. And they're they're feeling a little more 
I, I mean, they're feeling like a team. Exactly. Feeling involved. We just got this yeah. new list. So just we that just little tweak and definitely catch myself. I've done it many <coughs> times where I say, you know, my team, or, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 it is our team. And yes. it does. It's just I'm still in that process of tweaking the, the verbiage. But That's just right. that little tweak makes That's a big a difference. That's a big difference, yeah. And it's it putting takes, the ego away. Exactly. It's putting the ego away, and it takes real strength of who you are, right? Yeah. Identifying who you are, knowing your character, so that you can put ego to the side. The third thing is this, is that you have to simplify and clarify, right? And so we could have the vision. We can put our ego and our personal motivations aside, but we have to simplify and clarify. Yeah. we got to keep the mission as simple and clear as possible because complexity causes confusion, and it makes execution more difficult. And you're saying basically the quote. That, there's so many different ways to say this quote, right. but it's complexity is the enemy of execution, I think. 100%. Right? Is that That's what it exactly is? exactly it. But yeah, yeah, the harder something is, the less likely it is to be understood, for one, but executed as That's well. That's right. That's right. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I've kiss. heard kiss. Yes, exactly. So, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, There's it's no feelings just, every time. There, keep it stupid, simple. I've heard it is a couple different said? ways. No, I've heard <laughs> okay. it a couple different ways. But it, it really is that complexity. It makes people confused, and mm. so when they're confused, they don't act in their best ability. Yeah. And so when you're leading a time, the more when you're leading a team, the simpler things that you can make, the simpler you can make things to other people, the easier it is for them to just act, act out of second nature. Yeah. Right. Like it's not something that they have to think about. It's not something that's super complex. They can just do and be yeah. because you created those structures yeah, and everything like that. So the simpler the strategy, the better. The fourth thing is work as a team, right? Work as a team. It's so pivotal to work as a team because like I talked about on the first one is that leaders have to put our ego aside yeah. and make sure that even if it's more work on us as a leader, I think a lot of times leaders fall into the trap of, oh, when I'm the boss or when I'm the leader, right. well, then I can just delegate and let everybody else do the, right. the mundane task, the more work. How many of you know that you know this, it would have been a lot easier to not have the team. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been a lot easier to not have the brokerage. Yep. It would have been a lot easier to not be the leader because then you just have to worry about your stuff. Yeah, when you're answering for one person, it's a little easier than when you're answering for others as well. Exactly. Got to put your ego to the side and you have to work as a team. Yeah. All team members included and the leader. Um, the fifth thing is this, and this is my favorite because uh, it's so, so important. I think as leaders, it's so easy to pass the blame. Craig Rochelle says the forbidden phrase in leadership is this. My people won't. My people won't. Yeah. So when you ever, or my people can't, or my people don't. Right. He meant it like from a pastor in a church congregation, like my people will just won't tithe. My people just won't pray. My people won't just serve. Yeah. Anytime when you're talking about your team or the people that you're leading and you say, my employees won't, my, my people oh, won't, I got you. Yeah. My, my, my team won't do this. My, if your team's not doing it, it's because you're not enforcing the standards. Oof, yeah. You're not casting the vision. You're not doing this. Jocko says it like this. It's very much like Craig Rochelle says. He says, when setting expectations, no matter what has been said or what has been written, if substandard performance is accepted and no one's held accountable and there are no consequences, that poor performance becomes the new standard. That's tough because yeah. sometimes you got to call out your best team member. Yeah. Sometimes you got to call out poor attitudes and poor performance, even from some of your best people. But if you start to say, oh, well, this is the expectation, you know, this is our standard, this is what we want people to do, but then you let this person keep slipping on by, yeah. well, then that becomes the new standard for everybody. Yeah. You got to set the minimum standards in place. And uphold it. And uphold it. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be difficult sometimes to communicate that standards, but it's absolutely necessary. And a lot of people you know, will communicate standards, but actually reinforcing those standards by penalizing or, or having consequences for when people don't uphold the standards, <coughs> excuse me, 
struggling here. In the long <laughs> run, the team's going to suffer. Yeah. They're going to fall into this pattern of poor performance if we don't continue to implement kind of a consequence level. And I say I hate to use consequence no, negative. You know, it, it's just there's got to be like, hey, at least pull pull you to the side of the office. And say, hey, we can't talk like that. We can't do like yeah. that. This is not what we're about. It's it's and it's hard to have those conversations because you have this fear of like, I don't want to. It's gonna. It's an awkward conversation, right? right. And you also, uh, you don't want to upset people. You don't want to like push them away, especially if they're like adding value in some way. You don't want them to get their feelings hurt. Um, but I think if you look back at your track record or look back at your you know, these points that we're saying, if you have been a good leader, like they're going to accept it well. hundred percent. Right. And if they don't accept it well, you know, that's, that's a sign of, Hey, I need to set more standards in place or right. communicate it better or whatnot. Yeah. But it is hard to have that conversation, no doubt, it is. but it's worth it. And, it's and you have to, it. it's, it's, it's crucial. It's worth it. And if you have the emotional, um, equity with them to have that conversation and they know that you're not saying it for your benefit, but for theirs. Yeah then that conversation becomes so much better because you're not telling it because you want to do something. It's because I know that this is going to help you and I know the standards that you've set for yourself. So simply put, it's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. Oof. Love it. It's what you tolerate. So we need to get you some water. We need to sue this uh, energy drink you were just drinking. Uh, So the next thing (laughs) for six is prioritize, execute, and stay flexible. Stay flexible. Define the few vital things that matter and get to work you know a lot of times you you try and master so many different things that you master nothing yeah yeah right it's Uh like you got to focus on what you're good at focus on the few things that really matter and get to work on that but while you're prioritizing and executing (coughs) you have to make sure that you stay flexible right situations are changing you got to make sure the things that matter the most the priorities that you have if you lose sight of them then you're going to start spending time on things that are not really important to you right. and they get you off track and you lose sight of your priorities. Yeah. Staying flexible is key. Cause I mean, especially with someone who maybe a high D or just a, is a type a personality that yeah. just like, Hey, my way or the highway, if something comes and something changes, you got to be willing to, you know, bend a little bit. You gotta be 100%. willing to, to make sure it works. hundred percent. So, <clears throat> you know, th- that, uh, that covers what Jocko talks about as kind of the main principles of his book of extreme ownership. But mm-hmm. one of the things that he talks about as the core principles as a leader is that discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. It's something that we've talked about throughout the course of, of, of all of our podcasts. Yeah. Is that a lot of times the lie that we give into when we think about leadership or when we think about being self-employed or running and managing a business, we just want more time. We just want more freedom. We just want more money and all right. the things to enjoy. But discipline is what creates that freedom. Yeah, you gotta have discipline to create the freedom. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's the same thing in our leadership and in our teams is that the the leader, you know, is what everybody wants to be. Yeah. Most people want to yeah. be. And, and it's they not, think they, they, they think they, think they, like, they yeah. want to. But with leading and being a good leader, it takes a lot of work. You can't bring anybody to where you haven't been yourself. And yeah. so I think as a leader, we have to make sure that we don't expect something out of somebody else that we wouldn't do ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. So, um, you know, kind of in closing, and if you have anything else to add, I just want to ask, when you think about where you are in your life and your business and your personal lives and your relationships, are you pointing the finger? <laughs> are you taking complete ownership for where you are in your organization and in your life? You have to ask yourself that question. Yeah. What can I take better ownership of? 
Yeah, and the, some of the examples that they give in the book, or just in general, like things that have happened to you in life, it's it's you could easily say that legitimately was their fault. Like right. they, like they. But again, it's just also a selfless mentality of like, yeah. you know what? Yes, maybe it is they did it, but I could have done this or said this or helped them this way before. Like it, it really does. It all falls back on it can if you allow it to be. That's right. that's the key. Is you just have to you have to choose to. To be like that exactly you know? and if 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 we don't see it as that way if we just point the finger to everybody else then nothing will ever change yeah what does that solve it, it solves nothing it, someone says you're right it was my fault the problem's not solved <laughs> exactly so even if it wasn't you how can you fix that from happening again that's what a leadership does to take that's what a leader does to take complete over. yeah just a, a quick example yesterday uh, i'm helping a seller and um, we asked the buyer's agent a question about the inspection report right. and uh, I reached he said, can you ask them this? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. Asked them the question. They said, yeah, I'll get my assistant to get to you. Hours passed. The assistant never got to me. And uh, I could have easily said to my seller, which I did at some point, I was like, Hey, th- sorry, I just, I can't help you because they haven't told me anything. <laughs> right. And then at some point I was like, you know what? No, I can do this myself. I took ownership of like, Hey, I could have reached out to the inspector, which I did sure. uh, and, and got them what they needed to know. But like, it was so easy to say Passing the away. other the other agent didn't yep. do what they were supposed to do. Yep. But at the end of the day, I still have the ability to go get Absolutely. that answer myself. You know, Absolutely. so taking ownership and the, the key word is extreme because extreme. there's definitely going to be uh, some instances where you're like, look, I could easily say it's their fault. I'm taking extreme, extreme right. ownership. That's right. I know. Yeah. It's too bad we didn't dim the lights. Have you ever seen a Jocko podcast? <laughs> dim the lights. If you haven't looked Jocko up, up, go look this dude's jawline. Yeah. You, you're like, this dude's a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he's, Good he's gracious. Legit. He's legit. And his I, voice. I appreciate, man, his uh, his peek behind the curtain of yeah. everything he's been through and these leadership principles. You know, again, I know it's a big, it's an extreme reach. Yeah. Life or death situations there <laughs> to business. Or family, but it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And again, your fam- house dad's the theme. Like, just even if you're not a big, uh, high up in your in your work and your career, your your family needs a leader, and they that's need right. someone to take extreme ownership of it. So that's right. Anything else to say? No, that's it. Love it. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, we would be so honored if you guys left us a review yes. uh, on Spotify and Apple and uh, watch us on YouTube. We had a, we had a YouTube video kind of pop off yeah, uh, this did. week, so man, we'll see what happens. Maybe you we know? found the algorithm. Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Extreme Ownership. Uh, let us know any feedback you got. And of course, you know, we're just so honored you, you spent some time with us today and we will see you next episode. See you next time.